When my wife and I were expecting our first child, I remember being a little afraid of being a parent. And I remember thinking to myself, when am I going to know when and how to discipline my child? When am I going to know when my child will be capable of understanding right and wrong? It was a little bit intimidating. And I remember asking a few people, my parents and others, uh, that very question, and they all gave me the same answer. You'll know. (laughs) You'll know. It will become very apparent to you. And that was very true. Uh, When my little boy was uh, probably only about a year old, was sitting in front of me once one day on the floor in our apartment, and I was doing some reading in a chair, and he kept wanting to put his finger over into a socket. And I said, no, no, Jacob. And he'd pull his finger back. 30 seconds later, he'd start reaching again. No, no, Jacob. He'd pull his finger back. About a minute goes by, he'd do it again. And finally get closer and closer. And I finally gave his hand a little tap. I said, no, no. And he pulled his finger back. Two minutes later, one more try. And I finally have to give him a little firmer slap. And I told him, you can get hurt if you, if you touch that little rebel. <laughs> I was in church one Sunday, and during the Apostles' Creed, one of my good friends was right in front of me with his family, and grandkids were there, and they stood up for the Apostles' Creed. And the little three- or four-year-old boy uh, stayed sitting on the seat and took out a pencil and held it point up for his grandfather to sit on when he... So, little terrorists is what children are. (laughs) And you weren't any different. Job puts it this way, man is but few days old and is full of trouble. Isn't that that the truth? St. Augustine wrote this. He said, it is the weakness of a little child's body that is innocent, but not the child's mind. Uh, the, The evil and sin that rages in a little child Uh, is really something that parenting just has to try to control this all the time. Your first sins in your life were not only against God, but were also against your mom and your dad. We are little raging packages of mutiny. We're arguing. We're mouths of rebellion, speaking badly about our parents to our friends, complaining, griping, crying, whining. There's a reason they make these little things to put on your fridge with a, a red cross through it. No whining. Uh, that just says something about our sinful human nature. Probably this, the people at this stage in your life, at least, that you have sinned against the most are your parents. And I was no different. Even as adults, we still have this rage inside of us. We learn how to control it. We learn how to mask it a lot better. We learn how to, to make sure that others don't see it so much in us. But this, this desire to rage against authority... Uh, whether it's the rules on campus or in the, of the police department, whether it's the rules of our government, all the different levels that there are, even bosses that can be over us. We feel entitled to be able to make fun of our political rulers. Uh, we, we find it hard to want to obey our bosses at work. It goes a lot of different directions. And another problem we have here in America is that in the American youth culture, there is this mindset that it's kind of cool, it's kind of hip to be rebellious. It's kind of cool to to stand up against authority, and and, uh, that's something to be admired. Stay like a rebellious child. Never grow up. 
James Dean, Johnny Cash, Johnny Depp, Willie Nelson. Yeah, in your face, authority. That's the world that we live in. And we're taught by our culture to think that, yeah, that's the cool way to go. How differently God puts demands on us when it comes to how we think of parents and those who are in authority. Martin Luther says this in his large catechism, looking at the fourth commandment. He says, God here elevates father and mother above all other persons upon earth and places them at his side. Think about that of somebody, uh, God like being up in the, on his throne, authority in heaven, grabbing your mom and your dad and lifting them up and putting them on chairs right next to his throne. He says, parents are not to be deprived of their honor because of their conduct or failings. So even when your parents make mistakes, we're still to honor them, God says. In fact, Luther goes on to say, even if they're weird, <laughs> and even if your parents are weird, my kids can relate to that. So college is a, an interesting stage in life. You're sort of right in between everything. Uh, probably for the most part, your parents' work with you as parents is coming to an end, if it hasn't already. And you're maybe now, someday, looking ahead to being a parent yourself. And both of these are very important stages of life and roles that, you will be, uh, that you'll be living in. But your relationship to your mom and dad really don't change in terms of how God would like you to still honor them. So God places this commandment at the top of what we call the second table of the law. The first three commandments deal with our relationship to him directly. And now, if you look for four through ten, deal with our relationships with our fellow man. And all, all authority has its root and foundation, ultimately, in parental authority. The first level of human authority that was established in creation was that of a father and a mother. And when people rebel against that level of authority there in the home, it also has a rippling effect to them out into the world and into the culture in which we live. A friend of mine worked here in law enforcement for his whole career in the Mankato area, and he told me that one of the saddest things he had to do was to arrest a third generation, three generations in a row, and to put them in jail, uh, all from one family during his career. And our prisons are full of those who began with rebellion in the home. Uh, there's something about, about breaking this commandment willfully over and over that has a, a, a devastating impact on a person's life out into the world as well. So God would have us understand the significance of the role we will play both as parents but then also as children. Listen to what uh, a great church father by the name of John Chrysostom says about parenting. And you artists will appreciate this. Higher than every painter, higher than every sculptor, and, then all art, and than all artists, do I regard him who is skilled in the art and form and forming the soul of children. And if, if God blesses you someday with being a, mo a mom and a dad, mom or a dad, uh, you will find that, that there is no greater work that you will do in life than that of taking care of your children and raising them, especially to know the Lord and his will. When I think about my childhood and how I treated my parents, um, how different that was from the childhood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're told in the Bible, the child grew in favor with God and with men. 
Even at age 12, which for me was probably one of my most rebellious stages in life. Isn't it interesting? The one story in Jesus' childhood that God gives us in Scripture is for that age. It's kind of a transitioning age into adolescence and all of that. And for me, it was a, that was a tough year. <laughs> age 12, we're told, Then he went down to Nazareth with them, his parents, and was obedient to them. Imagine if, if God were to allow you for one week to somehow go back and to live in the home of Mary and Joseph and to just kind of watch them as, as Jesus lives among them and uh, seeing him being so faithful to them and obedient to them and honoring them in every possible way. I was wondering, did, did people come up to Mary and say, could you give me some parenting tips? <laughs> um, and, and I wonder how, uh, whether Jesus had friends in the neighborhood. Would I have hung out with somebody who never sinned? I don't know. Um, I know I didn't, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but to think of the, the holy, perfect Son of God living this human life as a child without any sin at all, it's just absolutely amazing. We're told he was tempted in every way just as we are and yet was without sin. But God takes that perfect, holy life of Jesus, even as a little child, and he now comes to you and drapes it over you like a, like a beautiful garment. And he says, I'm going to see you as if you were Jesus. I'm going to look at you as if you had lived that holy and perfect life. And he wants you to know him. God wants you to know him through the work of this obedient son. You know, even when our Lord was dying on the cross, uh, he still is obeying and honoring his mother down below. He, he makes sure that his disciple John is going to be there to take care of her. So right there, even when he's paying for my rebellion and yours too by his death on the cross, he's also creating the perfect holy record of righteousness that we need to get to heaven someday. What a complete and full savior you have. And when we have faith in him, God now invites us to approach him just the way you would a loving father. I, I hope you had a nice dad and a loving dad. I feel really bad for those who didn't. But God invites you to look at him as a tender, loving, perfect, and holy father. And, and that's why he doesn't, he doesn't tell you to pray. Jesus doesn't in, instruct you to pray to him as our almighty being in the heavens. No, our father who art in heaven. God wants to have a, a tender relationship with you just the way a dad with, with his loving children. And God calls upon us now who've been blessed to know Christ and have heaven in our future, calls upon us not simply to obey our parents and love them, but to honor them, to treat them with great respect and honor. Luther says, treat them as if there were some sovereignty, that means royalty, hidden inside of them. And when that is done, God attaches a blessing. He says that you will live a long life on the earth. It's a Hebrew expression for blessings, that God will find a way to bring blessing into your life. What a gracious, heavenly Father we have because of the work of his Son that has clothed us in his, his Son's righteousness and given us the promise of life in heaven. Amen.